0: I'm Joe Italig. My life is driven by one burning question. What would it mean for me if I looked at life through the lens of love? In my pursuit to answer that question, I'm sparking conversations with thought leaders, change makers, and risk takers who are exploring the undeniable possibilities when we look at life through love. It is my intention That these conversations will help you find your own answers to that question, too. Welcome to the Lens of Love podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lens of Love podcast. I love these episodes, they're called Love Bomb episodes, and you are all in for a treat. Um, I have today a Canadian in the house, <laughs> my first guest from another country, and I have Amy Dawn, who uh, resides in Canada. And I'm just going to speak directly to you, Amy. Here's what I know: is that you are an intuitive healer, you're a coach, you are an author, and you're an artist. And what we share actually is we contributed to the author collective. And we published our book in earlier this year called the revolution of self love. And so it's really cool to be in this space again with you and another opportunity to stand, speak, teach, impart love. So thank you for that. And also what I know is that your gifts are highly regarded and they're valued by your loyal clients worldwide. So we're honored to have you today. But here's what excites me, is that your mission is to make love loud by raising awareness of love in all that you do. And that's the first thing, actually, when I visited your website, you know, there's a beautiful picture of you that comes up, and then right there smack in the center is making love loud. I'm like, okay, I'm excited <laughs> to get to know Amy. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Joe, for having me. I'm so excited to be here today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you, why making love loud? Where did that come from? And how, how did that all birth?
1: It just showed up, really, honestly, in meditation. Uh, my connection to myself one day, I think for the last decade or so I've been trying to understand my connection to what I do and how that speaks for me and I was really just sitting there one day in meditation and I had this awareness that actually for the good first half of my life that I had always been trying to do this to make love loud but for the first half of my life it was by standing out by shouting Through desperation, through attempts to somehow connect to something. And I didn't even know that something was love that I was trying to connect to. And through my self development practice and my spiritual growth and awareness through self love, I, yeah, it was like one day it just hit me and I'm like, that's so my life. Like, that's so been my theme. But now it's evolved into making love loud to me took 10 years of actually inner work, like the willingness to go deep and to really come to know myself. And to do that was knowing all of these labels and identities and beliefs that I thought I was, and then all those falling apart. And then like, what do you do in that? So it's been a, it's been an inner journey. It's been coming to be okay with the noise that is constantly going on in my mind. And then finding the stillness in my heart. So making love loud actually is about getting quiet enough to actually listen to it and to be able to discern love and intuition um, more by sitting with it.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, that resonates with me so much. I mean, I love what you said about you didn't know that it was love that you wanted to make loud all, you know, th- this time. And what you said around you wanted to discover the connection in yourself and to what you do, yeah. right? And I know there's a lot of folks out there who are searching and wanting to define their why, right? And because I'm learning more and more, people are – more interested in not what you do but why you do it right and so it's cool to be in the same space around raising awareness of love so um yeah that's wonderful so why make it loud why is it important and for it to be loud
1: you have to get quiet enough to be able to hear it because it's always there. It's always available. This is the thing that I've come to connect with is, is love isn't something we feel. It's what we are. Mm. And, and to be able to connect to that, you actually have to get silent enough so that the love rises. It's, I, I think of it like a wave, right? Like there, there's waves and then there's falls and then there's waves and there's falls. And sometimes we don't always feel so connected to love, what we are. Like sometimes we don't even feel that connection, but it's still there. And to make love loud really is to embody that love is always there, even when we can't see it and feel it, when we don't have the tangible evidence of it.
0: Mm. Yes. I I would venture to say that when people hear that love is not a feeling, right? They could get curious about that, potentially skeptical or maybe scratching their head. What do you mean? It's not a feeling. I feel love. And so talk a little bit more about that. I, you mentioned that we are love, right? So you spoke beautifully about that, but expand on that for us. Sure.
1: Um, I think when, we can feel love, but if we feel love, we're feeling what we are. <laughs> really interesting, right? We have, I mean, you hear this all the time. We talk about vibration and more and more people are coming to understand that we're really just energy, like we're, we're vibration. That's why we have feelings. That's why we have sensations so that we can actually experience the vibration of love in our physical body, which is the tangible. Which is so cool, I think. So if we are love, we can feel it, but we don't often think of us feeling ourselves. Mm. But yet when I say that out loud, it's really neat. Like how often do we say we don't feel ourselves today? Yeah. Or or we feel off. And and that's usually an indication that we're not connected to the love that we are. But it's still there. It doesn't go away, right? So there's feelings and branches off of love that we experience that we call joy that we call excitement that we call satisfaction that we call inspiration that we call bliss you know and even euphoria and nirvana these are these are all like branches off of the love wave which is (laughs) what you do right yeah (laughs) Yeah. so i just think it's an expression like everything is an expression of love even here's a kicker maybe for some people who are listening but even sadness
0: yeah
1: even sadness is an expression of love
0: mm. i want to actually i'm just i really want to hear something right now i just sense that the peace that you bring us today is going to move us into a direction so i got that as you were speaking just right now so why don't you tell us the name of your spoken word, and then share it with us, and then let's discuss what's behind it.
1: I would love to do that. Uh, so this one is called Presence. <laughs> Interesting. <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: and you want me to read it before I go into what's behind yeah. Yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. All right. We have words written on our heart. Do you ever wonder where to start? We have spontaneous conversations all the time, and yet I'm standing here in front of you worried that all of this may rhyme, and I'm wondering if I'm wasting your time. That's fear speaking. I wake up all the time. See, I said it again, and I see myself standing on stage being asked to undress my soul to just bear it all to you without needing to know what I'm gonna say next. That's courage. And so I stand up here and with my eyes closed, I allow myself to sink into my body to experience every cringe of discomfort and sensations. That's presence. Mm. And I just start speaking Am I enough? How many interactions do we have? How many conversations do we encounter in a day? Perhaps I should have put the encounter with the interactions and the have with conversations. It makes more sense oops stupid me that's judgment (laughs) how often do we show up already judging that we aren't enough like who am i to be in the spotlight and have nothing prepared nothing rehearsed and yet i apologize that's a lie because i wrote all of these words down when i was taken to that place in the stillness of my own mind Spirit awoke me and placed me on this stage, speaking on the fly, letting whatever needed to rise, no matter what it sounded like, and owning it. Or am I? Is it even really mine? Isn't everything that comes through us a gift of the divine? Aren't we supposed to give that away? Instead, I'm sure you will agree with me, we let fear have the last say. Who am I to stay? standing up here and speak from my heart? What if my heart doesn't actually know what to say? And what if my mind just gets in the way? This game that we play, inside we hide it well. We keep it together by preparing and needing to have a plan, or at least we think we are prepared, but we are really just scared. While that still, small voice inside of us says, I dare you, and it's daring. And for a glimpse of a moment, it makes us feel alive and free. And then instantaneously contracting us back into doubt. And doubt demands stop. Dare to be bold and big. That's a waste of time. Let's stay small. That might provoke something, or worse, someone who won't understand what you're doing. You You won't know what to say next. So why bother at all? Fear. Even though when I was sitting with myself, these words just appeared and it doesn't really matter if I stutter and stop, take a pause, take a breath, feel the knot in my throat as I try to prove I'm enough. Why is, why is having this written down proof that I'm prepared? What if we already are prepared? Because I'm here, you're here, the proof is in our presence. You showed up, when is that going to be enough? I am here, now what?
0: (laughs) And the crowd stands. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what I just was really envisioning, actually you delivering that number one on stage as you spoke about it. And number two, what a vivid illustration of the mind, the curiosity, the heart, and these like these conversations that we have with ourselves, and the define, you know, that is presence, that is fear, that is a lot. I mean, it's beautiful. Now I'm really curious about <laughs> the undergirded, like inspiration for that piece. So please share.
1: I will. Um, for the longest time, I've actually felt a pull. To just get up on stage and like riff a poem <laughs> because no. when, it, when poetry comes to me that's how it comes to me it's super spontaneous I'm, I'm not planning it like I don't plan to get out my journal and a pen and I'm going to sit down and write a poem it just comes I'm just available to it I don't pick the times it's usually super inconvenient for me (laughs) when the time comes. And this was one of those times, I think it was like 12.30 at night and I couldn't sleep, but I was rested. And then all of a sudden, I visualized actually myself standing on stage doing this and these words just flowed. And I had to get up and I had to start writing it down. And it was really interesting because in the moment I felt totally present. But then there was a part of me thinking well this isn't authentic anymore because I wrote this how long ago so imagine me standing up on stage delivering something that I wrote three months ago and so it was like this toying idea of well yeah but it still came to me spontaneously in the moment so to me that was so authentic mm-hmm. and and the message that it carries is is truth because how many this is a spontaneous conversation between you and I right now. We didn't plan this. We didn't prepare it. We're opening ourselves up to whatever is possible right now. Yeah. And when we meet for coffee with people, we do this all the time. Yet, sometimes it's so surface level because we're so afraid to actually be present with everything we're thinking and feeling. And also, we don't always have that safe place to really be vulnerable to our own presence because sometimes, as you know, we have lots of judgmental thoughts. We can have some thoughts that maybe if we actually said them to the wrong person, I put that in parentheses because we never know, right? Um, That we just don't feel safe enough to really share what we're feeling, what we're thinking without judgment, without fear. And being present is encompassing and embracing all of that because we're all so much alike. We're unique, but we're so alike.
0: Yeah. Wow. You know, I still believe that even in, and I'll say this just, it's the first thing that came, but like in mainstream society, they hear the term being the present moment, you know, presence, um, being still, in even in talking with some friends who I haven't, heard, you know, spoken to for a while, there's a connotation to it. Why do you believe that it's so tough for people to be present?
1: Because we've been taught to be distracted. Yeah, it's a simple statement, but it's so true. Since we were little, we were taught to be distracted. From the way we feel, from what, from the moment we could have said something to our parents and they said later or not right now. We were taught that right now had to be put off till later. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And all of that conditioning, programming, right? Expectations, I mean, it really, Starts to form a belief system, as you and I both know, right? And then the lens that we begin to look out of, and we begin to um, release permission to be in the present, and then put in front of us this expectation of, you know, and then that's where the false self comes into play. I was just yeah. talking to someone about that, about how we create false selves you know, in it. And so, um, I, as you were inspired to write that piece, I can just already see the revelation, right. And really helping people to understand what presence does, you know, and that's why I love meditation actually. And I know that, you know, we both share a a meditation practice and how critical it is for, and to me that was the training ground for consciousness and, What I didn't realize, Amy, is that as I, I, and I just do the simple, just focus on my breath. And, you know, when I, I I observe the movie going on in my head and bring it back, you know, to the breath, not with any judgment, not with, oh, shoot, I'm doing this wrong. Just this, this notion of, oh, my God, look at this story just coming in and out of my mind. And I didn't even produce it. It just came, and it helps me to see I am not any of that, right? And so as I return to the breath, it brings me to present moment. And what I didn't realize, it was a training ground. It was my own conditioning, like in the moment when something's happening, I'm upset, I'm triggered, you know, or something happens, and in that moment I see, oh, my goodness, this is meditation has helped me to see how it's translated into the quote unquote real world right and at that moment in time um there's a fork in the road i can take what i believe is happening on the surface and and allow that to uh, to you know constrain me or it can serve me by just bringing my awareness to what's happening yeah that's awesome this is just beautiful so it's it's just so obvious to me in terms of your love voice and that how you embody it and how you teach it and we're gonna talk a little bit about the work that you do and how that's manifest in that I always get curious though when there was I call them woke moments what woke you up right what is is the one thing that you can recall that said <laughs> this is that place. And typically it's a a place where there's, you know, pain or darkness or some form of quote unquote suffering. Cause I think that's what people relate to. And, and that's where some people are for you. What was that?
1: Having my son.
0: Mm, Talk about that.
1: Uh, Yeah, it was just an incredible, crazy, traumatic, blissful, beautiful experience. And those things can actually coexist at the same time. I truly feel that Um, maybe, maybe not at the time was I seeing it like that. Uh, I do now, Uh, having him brought up all my childhood trauma. It was an incredible experience where within the course of three days, all of my childhood trauma was activated. And I have an understanding, not everybody might have this understanding, but we have a cellular memory in our body. And every Mm -hmm. single cell since the time you were conceived has a memory of everything that's happened to you. And when you have certain things that have happened to you that have an emotion attached to them, they get stored in our cells and they can still be Mm -hmm. active. And then something will happen in our lives that will trigger that memory. And your subconscious doesn't know the difference between it happening how many years ago and now. So this was the beautiful blessing that happened to me by having my son. And talk about pain, absolutely. It was like I was 30, how old was I? 32 years old. And I had all my childhood trauma come to the surface in three days. And my body got very, very ill um i had a knee injury i had a c section i was trying to recover from i had the stage before cancer it was just like every and i also had a miscarriage uh after he was 8 months old so there was a lot that happened and my marriage was falling apart so there was a lot of pain and suffering happening in my life and yeah it just it was the catalyst for change and my catalyst for change and the path that it led me on was Body Talk, which is conscious-based energy medicine, which mm. got me involved with learning about myself from the inside out.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it, it's always a catalyst, right? In terms of, you know, the pain, those, those, those moments that wake us up. And I love what you said about, you know, the joy and, uh, and the trauma can be happening at the same time. You know, simultaneously, it's beautiful. Um, so how has that translated into the work that you do? So share, you know, with the listeners, you know, how has that translated to the coaching and uh, like your artistry, which blows me away. But um, share share with us a little bit about what you do.
1: Sure. Uh, well, I started out with the energy medicine uh, because it changed me physically first, and then. It just helped me heal all my childhood trauma, which blew my mind. I didn't even know the, I didn't know body emotions and trauma were connected. I didn't mm-hmm. know that our physical body was, was our subconscious mind and that it stores all of those things in our body until we're ready to release them and become aware of them. So self-awareness was a huge part of my practice and, yes. and conscious, consciousness, like living consciously. Like, what does that even mean? I didn't even know what that meant before before I knew what that meant. So ignorance is bliss until you know something new, right? And And then it breaks all your old stories apart. And so this was the work that I was constantly doing in my life. And because I was doing that, it was like I was opening up these portals of opportunity, this connection to parts of myself that I didn't even know existed, but deep down I knew they existed. I might confuse the people when I throw those lines in there, but it's (laughs) so true. We know what we know, but we also know what we don't know.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I opened up this whole paradigm shift to art. I was never a painter. Really? Yeah, I never painted in my life, maybe when I was in kindergarten i never painted in my life and i had this pull i know what a pull from the soul feels like because it's so strong that you can't say no to it it's like a yes i have to do that and i don't know why but i know i have to so i had a friend hand me a bag full of dollar store canvases and paints and i just started painting one day and i really tried to paint something tangible like a tree it didn't work for me. My first painting is awful. I still have it. And I kept it for a reason, just to show where I started. <laughs> and then intuitively, I just wanted to play. It was like I connected to my childlike curiosity and didn't care because I had no experience. I wasn't a professional. And so I just started playing with layers. And I call these love layers. Now I call them love lines. I think everything I do is a love line. It's awesome. something. And I would walk away from a painting and then I would start to see these layers showing like faces or a horse or something like that. And so I started to bring these things to life. I'm not a visual artist. I feel like I'm a soul artist, like an intuitive artist that I never know the end result. I only, I only know the next step really. And wow, talk about where, what that taught me about life. I think, Painting has taught me everything about life, actually.
0: Wow.
1: So it went from canvases to people. I also (laughs) had a dream that I'd actually be painting people, like naked bodies, like their canvas. And I didn't know what that was going to be. I had no clue. Another dream. I woke up, knew I had to find these seven women to raise awareness for positive body image and self-image because my background came from a really poor, low self-image and body image. And I took these people through a process that I didn't know what the process was going to be. So this is another thing that I felt was a soul calling because I had no clue. I I only knew the next step. I only knew find seven people. I only knew, okay, buy body paint. And then I only knew, okay, let them lie on a massage table, get your friend to photograph the whole entire experience.
0: Absolutely.
1: know anything and with my energy medicine background what ended up transpiring was this whole healing experience through using paint on their body and what ended up being this just beautiful image of their story like their story who they think they are and also who they actually are in life in full color on their body while receiving some pretty deep emotional releases, and sometimes their trauma surfacing, them getting photographed from beginning to end, and then seeing themselves for the first time in a full-length mirror with their painted story on their body. Bad. I it's so hard to put into words, Joe. It's It's such a unique experience per individual, and I've been doing that over five years now, and it's just evolving and growing, and love, love, you can feel love so profoundly in this space you can feel it mm-hmm. you can smell it you can sense it it's it's so profound it's really hard to put into words
0: i yeah i i saw some of the images on your site which were just striking and i started to imagine and then when we 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 met initially you know you, you talked about well you're fully naked and you know you you talked a little bit about the process then I started to get really curious in terms of what how you, what what how you decide like what to paint is it based upon your interaction with your client is it through storytelling and then or is it just inspired through you based upon what you're feeling with that client
1: yeah so i'm i'm trained to be able to listen to a body speak Mm. and it's like riding a bicycle for me now it's so I, I just close my eyes and I get in the zone and I'm there mm-hmm. and I don't even think about the color I just look at my palette and I know that that's the next color I I feel literally the body part that I'm supposed to start painting pull me in and that's where I start painting and then I can feel the energy about like a right hip coming up and then all of a sudden I hear ask them about their connection to their dad and so I say, Well, how is your dad, dad's relationship with you as a young kid? And it's just, it's never wrong. It's always right. And then there, there is a storytelling that comes out, but I'm not actually thinking about what I'm painting. I'm just following this intuitive source guidance that is so much bigger than me. And I've learned to trust it. I don't get in my own way anymore. Like I've just learned to trust it. And and that's how the painting unfolds. I don't paint people to look like something and I explain this to them right off the hop. There are body artists out there who are phenomenal if you want that. That's not what I do. I bring the embedded cellular story that's in their body that holds their belief systems, their limitations, their identities, all their labels that they might know or don't know of yet. And I bring that all to the surface in color. And what's really cool is some parts of it, they see themselves and they think it's ugly and other parts they think is beautiful. But what's really neat, and I've seen this consistently with everybody, is they see their story and all of them, all of it, like all of their stories, all their labels, all their belief systems, it did make up a part of their life as one big masterpiece. So you can start actually looking at the ugly parts as you as beautiful and they serve the point they serve yeah. the benefit for you up until now
0: that's amazing and then i get really curious and i want like details but we won't go into them <laughs> okay are they standing why they do that and then like what happens when you know how do they wash it up those are not <laughs> important but it's just fascinating to me what i absolutely can feel is the guidance from the divine is the guidance through your intuitive like gift that you have. And you know, I would say that it's the type of living that a lot of people want is to be guided, knowing that it's just like I hear you mentioned, is it's just a step in front of you, you know, and then the next step, and then the next step, and then and coming myself from of course a very prescribed way of living. You know and deconstructing it and unlearning it <laughs> and you know um beginning to trust is just it, it, it's it's indescribable to live in a in that fashion yeah, it really so, is yeah and wow, it's okay
1: you, you could ask about the washing off because they do wash it off at the end and then um they also do movement like spontaneous movement after they've seen themselves because that actually gets the story off of the nervous system I know you've heard Kyle talk a little bit about that sometimes but that's truly what it is our nervous system then needs to release this so it can get rewired and we can start actually not even reprogramming but becoming unprogrammed and living more infinitely and limitless
0: that's beautiful absolutely beautiful okay i hope you brought another piece because i'd love to transition to sharing another one so yeah
1: i did and this one's called the broken man Mm. he has sat in my presence countless times hands shaking like he has committed a crime watching the boy wanting to hide and not be seen this way weak inside With no words, a story that played from the energy of his body collapsing in to protect and provide safety from suffering. Feelings aren't safe. Vulnerability is weak. No man shall cry, conditioned to believe. I sat amongst him in this space. I could see him wanting to hide his face. With armor of panic and justification such, to fill this depth of emotion was way too much. I saw the beauty peeking through the cracks. Where he thought he was breaking from too much slack, he didn't want to go back to feeling the sensitivity his body was designed to feel, since he was a boy, deep down, he knew, and that boy was afraid he would be exposed as pathetic, not enough, and weak. He was told is not a man is not how a man is supposed to be, conditioned to believe he must always keep it together for the sake of feeling free, enslaved by societies. Conditioning on what it means to be a man. I am broken, words he spoke. I sat and listened with an open heart. I could see what was breaking, but it wasn't him per se. It was stories and identities starting to fall away. I wanted to convey this, but he wanted none. He felt undone, not ready to see the beauty of the broken pieces that were actually setting him free. Like a glass that had fallen and shattered on the floor. What he once thought he was, he wasn't anymore. He thought he was the glass holding everything within. And once it broke, he felt shattered in his own skin. Hmm. I, c- I could see the freedom in the space between the broken glass that was being held by some false sense of self. The illusion that the glass was him when he was actually the space in between the rim.
0: <laughs>
1: Not contained, closer to experience himself more as true divinity abundantly adored, and loved. He was never broken, only breaking away from the things that kept him bound, not meant to stay. The seed that planted long ago, that already knew how to grow, into the man he was meant to become, everything else becoming undone. So it is, and so it shall be, he is broken free.
0: Hmm. Wow, I see what you did. You wrote that about me, didn't you? <laughs> I like no, She's just like there's a, there's a term that um when I was a church goer, where the the preacher was like, you know, I had a, was going on, and you know, there was people shouting from you know the from the um, you know from the church and saying, "Read the mail," which is. Like basically saying, you're telling my story, right? You know all my stuff. <laughs> and that's what I felt. I was like, oh my gosh. That was wow, resonant. Um, yeah. Oof. Um, and please share if you'd like in terms of, it's, you're writing about a man. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you'd like to share in terms of, or, or just the essence of, of, of the piece?
1: Yes, I sure can. Uh, the, the last man I dated um, went through feeling broken and starting to awaken. It, it was like the very beginning. I guess you talked about woke experiences, um, mm. but this was the beginning of his awakening. And he's not the first man that I've, I've witnessed in that space. And so I felt really called to write about this. Uh, because I think when I first started my journey, you might relate to this too, is when you start waking up, you want to share everything you know with everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. uh, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
1: and not everybody is at the place to receive what you're willing wow. to share. And absolutely. and we can also be very judgy in that beginning time of our life too, because we're like, I don't get why you don't get what I'm saying. (laughs) It's it's just so simple. This is what happens when you're on the other side. And it's a really unique and humbling experience. And every time I feel like I meet somebody that I can relate to where I was, it reminds Mm me and it humbles me and it brings me back into the humanness that we all are. Because really, I feel that we go through cycles of this. Um, I, I'm not always blissful. I've, I've felt this way also as a woman. And I truly feel that we all have the masculine, feminine energy. And I, I've also had to have what I've believed about men completely fall apart. Mm-hmm. Completely fall apart. Those stories that I identified with That aren't even true anymore. I had to really look at those and start choosing consciously, well, what is it that's true behind all of this? And what's really true for me behind all that this that I've come to know is we all experience brokenness. We all experience these cycles of humanness, of of being okay and not then not being okay. And there's always a next level. And I think compassion is really what's grown and evolved for me through, through my own personal experience and then taking all of these men and women also through these experiences where they are first experiencing vulnerability and brokenness like they've never felt it before because they've avoided it their whole entire lives. It's like an infant. You have to treat it like th- this is an infancy experience for them. And we go through those cycles throughout our whole entire life. And my, my love and compassion for men and women has grown so much, but especially for men because I've had a lot of relationship challenges with men my entire life. And, and so I feel like my heart's opened to men more. And that's come from also healing the masculine within me and the male relationships in my life.
0: Man, wow, that, I just, the, you know, that piece is very resonant for me, and, you know, I, I'm still kind of caught up, and I, I, I'm I hoping you can <laughs> actually send me that piece, I hear it, I don't have the recording, but I would love to look at the words, sure. and really envelop those, and um, just so much, I wish we could talk. You know, forever. I I mean, I could. You're just uh, full of wisdom and compassion, and it's all undergirded with love. So it's just been an absolute joy having you on today. Um, I really want to ensure that people know how to get a hold of you, how to find out more about what you do, your contribution to the world, and, you know, just connect. With the energy that you bring. So, share with us where folks can find you, your site, and then um, any social information you'd like to share.
1: For sure. Uh, my website is amydons.com. So, amydon with an S on the end.com. Uh, on Facebook, it is amydons1111. And on Instagram, it's the same. So yeah, I post on, I post on Facebook more than Instagram, but I'm getting a little bit better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So we're connected through Facebook. I need to find you on IG for sure. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for gracing us with your work and your presence and, and your love. And I know that I join with you and we connect in terms of making love loud for sure. Thanks Thank Amy. You. For coming.
1: Thank you Joe.
0: Absolutely. Everyone, thanks you for joining us here on the Lens of Love podcast. I want to put an open call out for those artists, those poets, um, spoken word artists, or some form of expression where you want to share your love story and how you want to start or join a love wave and making love loud. And the great thing about it is we have opportunities to express ourselves in our own unique gifts and intuitive expressions. And it could be in our own quote unquote lane, but there is an alignment that will reach the masses for us honoring that. So reach out to me. Um, you can write me at Joe at Joe And I appreciate y'all listening and would love to entertain bringing more folks on to the podcast. You guys, thanks for joining. And until the next time, always know no matter what questions that life brings your way, love is still the answer. Bye y'all. Thank you for listening to the lens of love podcast. If today's episode brought value and insight, you can help us advance the movement, and the message by doing these three things all at the same time. First of all, give us a shout out on the platform that you're listening on. And then a five-star rating would be absolutely amazing and appreciated. And then lastly, of course, is subscribe to the podcast so that you can join the love wave that is happening across the planet. Now, you can find me on Facebook at Love Joe and on Instagram at Love Joe underscore Lens of Love, and visit me on my website at joeitalic.com. Thanks again for listening, and always remember, love is still the answer.